Sunday, July the 4th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. We're coming to the end of our Reset series. After this Sunday, just one more Sunday to go before we get into our summer series. We are on Reset number 21, a reminder that the Old Testament is dominated by that time in Israel's history when they themselves were locked down. They were stopped from carrying on their normal way of life. Very abruptly and completely, their life was powered down and they went into a lockdown of their own. And we've been seeing over these months how God helped them get through, how God helped them reset themselves and how God would eventually power them up and send them back and out into all that he had for them. And I choose my words particularly carefully this morning. God sent them back and out. You see, I was often under the impression that after their lockdown, God powered them up and sent them back to their homeland to return and to rebuild. And that's absolutely what did happen. We've been thinking about it in the single book of Ezra Nehemiah, two books in our Bible, but only one originally. The stories of three great moments of returning and rebuilding the worshipping, discipling, missional life of God's people. And that's what's been occupying our thoughts over this last uh, month. But I noticed something at the beginning of Ezra Nehemiah that struck me afresh and reminded me of a truth that only relatively recently I've uncovered for myself. At the beginning of Ezra, when it talks about the first return and rebuild led by Zerubbabel, that great uh, leader, it says that those who returned was everyone whose heart God had moved. Everyone whose heart God had moved returned to rebuild. Now that presupposes that there were some people whose hearts weren't moved by God to return and rebuild, which in turn presupposes that there was a different plan for some of God's people. There were some who would return and rebuild, but there would be others who would stay and serve God where he had placed them. And that reminded me of this truth I've talked about that I've recently kind of rediscovered or reconnected with. And that's that the Bible absolutely affirms some of his people not returning and rebuilding, but staying out 
in what we would call the world, staying out in the midst of a pagan culture led by pagan rulers in order to serve God in that place. And so whilst Ezra and Nehemiah have been focused on those who were returning and rebuilding, there are other books in the Bible like Esther and Daniel written to those whom God was calling to stay, to stay put, to stay where he had placed them during this lockdown period and to serve God there. And so as the New Testament comes to an end, it both affirms that some people were called to stay and to serve God where he had placed them in the middle of a foreign power, so to speak. And the New Testament addresses God's call on their lives in that place. Which is why, as you've heard me say, it's absolutely right and legitimate at this moment in time that while some of us are thinking about returning and rebuilding, others of us, and I've been calling them pioneers, others of us are thinking about staying and pushing out even further, staying in the place where God has put them during this lockdown period and learning what it means to serve God there. Now, of course, it doesn't mean that those people will never come back and return and be part of the rebuilding. It's not absolute in that sense, but it is a reminder about where our priorities and our focuses can legitimately lie. For some of us, it's returning and rebuilding. For others of us, it's remaining where we have found ourselves now and serving God there. And one of the books of the Bible that really affirms this, that was written to encourage and help people who were called to stay where God had placed them during lockdown, is the wonderful book of Esther. Now, the book of Esther is perhaps most famous for the fact that it's the only book in the whole of the Bible where God isn't mentioned. Which seems strange at first glance. But you'll know what I've often said about Hebrew writing, that we're looking for the secret, we're looking for the treasure. And whilst it's a book where God is not overtly ever named or mentioned, it is nevertheless a book where you can see God at work in every page, almost in every verse. There are ironical uh, kind of reversals right the way through the book if you know uh, the story. If you don't know the story, I'd really encourage you to sit down. It's a short read. Just read the book of Esther and be amazed at what God was uh, doing. So God's handiwork is all over the book. So here we have the truth Number one from Esther, Esther invites us to see that God is at work even in places where he is not mentioned or talked about. It gets us away, doesn't it, from the sacred secular divide. We might think, well, in work, nobody cares about God. Nobody talks about God. Nobody mentions God. We don't have deep theological discussions. Nevertheless, The book of Esther invites us to see that God is at work even in those places where he is never mentioned. In fact, if you uh, read the book of Esther, you will realise that it was quite an immoral, corrupt, sexualized society. Uh, So many similarities with us today. And yet God was at work in the midst 
of it. So where is God at work? But we haven't yet recognised it. Where is the place where God is already at work? But because he's not mentioned or talked about or discussed, we assume that he's not there, that he's not active, that he's not involved. The book of Esther invites us to see that God is at work where he isn't mentioned. And this kind of theme of God being at work in a place where he is not mentioned or talked about or understood is a big theme of the Bible. Think about Joseph, who was taken from his land and his family and placed in pagan Egypt. And he discovered that God was there. It said again and again, the Lord was with him in Potiphar's house. The Lord was with him when he was falsely accused and put in prison. The Lord was with him when he was uh, uh, overlooked and forgotten about in prison. The Lord was with him. And eventually, because the Lord was with him, the God who was not named was very much still at work. And Joseph became uh, instrumental in God's salvation to the people. Just in the same way, this book at the end of the New Testament is kind of like a book ends with the, the story of Joseph. So many similarities. So in this book of Esther, God uses Esther to save many people. You see, the book of Esther is also an invitation to seize the opportunity to serve God where he has placed us. That was the call on Esther's life, that at a crucial moment, that at a crucial time, she could seize the opportunity to serve God and to be used by him. Now, you might be thinking, and I'd understand this, you might be thinking, well, how can I serve God where he's put me in that place where God's not mentioned or talked about, where it would seem naturally that God isn't involved and God isn't at work, but Esther is reminding me that he is. How how do I serve him there? Well, just like Esther, be faithful. Be faithful to him. Just like Esther, do something courageous when the opportunity presents itself. Esther is a remarkable story of a woman standing up to a pagan king, being faith-filled and courageous, or other words that would describe how Esther acted. She was kind of shrewd, uh, as well as uh, wise and courageous. Reminds me of those verses of, of Jesus about when he sent them out being as as, as kind of um, wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Esther was like that. Our faithfulness to God and our courageous acts and words is our response to the invitation to seize the opportunity to serve God where he has placed us. The book of Esther is also an invitation to stand up at crucial times. The the language in the book of Esther is reminiscent of the book of uh, Numbers earlier on in the Old Testament. And the implication about the challenge for Esther was that she needed to take a stand And if she didn't take a stand, then she was condoning or colluding with the wickedness of the nation where she was living. 
So it wasn't good enough for Esther to, to, to just keep a low profile, to duck and to dive, to keep out the way, not to have anything to do with the wrong, but to kind of know that it was going on. No, 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 no. The charge on Esther's life was to take a courageous stand for something that was wrong. And that's true for us, isn't it? Sometimes we have to take courage in uh, both hands and to stand up for something. And so maybe you're thinking, how can I how can I serve God in this place where he's put me, where his name isn't even mentioned, where he's not even talked about? Because I can see from the book of Esther that God is at work there. Well, you can be faithful and you can be wise and you can also be courageous and take a risk. You can be courageous and take a risk. You see, finally, Esther got the privilege of seeing God's salvation. The book of Esther is an invitation to see the way God saves and transforms. That was her opportunity to be part of it. And it came from that verse that Nathan read to us, didn't it? Um, Mordecai says to Esther, for such a time as this, for such a moment, Esther was there for such a moment. And my simple challenge to all of us is this. Has God placed you there, wherever there is, for this time? Has God placed you there for this time? Now, I know that if you're not familiar with the book of Esther, I've been quite vague about the story because I'd love you to read it. And if you are familiar with the story, I'd love you to read it again today. Would everyone in the Burlington family take a moment today to read the book of Esther and to allow God to speak to us through the book of Esther, his invitation to us, that he has placed us there for this time. That situation that you have been thinking about in these last 10 minutes for this moment. And as you reflect and read, and we're going to pause in just a moment before we share communion. What does it mean? What does it mean for you to be the church where God has placed you during this lockdown season? We will return, yes, and we will rebuild for sure. But the New Testament reminds us and ends with this challenge that many were not just about the return and the rebuild. Many were about serving God where he'd placed them and seeing God do remarkable things there. So let's pause for a moment with that question hanging in the air, that commitment to read the book of Esther afresh today, and then we'll share communion in just a moment.